Peace. Welcome back to another ESL podcast. And today is a very special one. I just want to give a beautiful shout out to Ella Sophia. She's doing a snippet of the voiceover in this specific podcast. If you guys don't already know her, oh my God, she is a habit coach. You know, I've known her for about a year. She's getting ready to do an extraordinary uh, it looks like what it's going to be a Zoom call with Jim Quick. If you guys don't know what J- who Jim Quick is, I suggest you look him up because he has tons of videos and his podcast is one of the best out there. These are brainy uh, coaches. They focus on habits and Ella is an amazing individual and I'm so happy that she took the time out to do a nice little snippet in this podcast as well as this being a Patreon special, which I normally do exclusively. So Ella, big shout out to you. Thank you so much. And too bad I didn't get the the guys from Afghanistan, uh, Mongolia, and Malaysia on. I do apologize. But you guys will hear the normal voiceover for the other three. So with that being said, again, very, very grateful. So happy for Ella and what she's got going on. You know, she's one of the very first people who I broke news with when Seal had started coming out, you know, onto my uh, my Instagram stories and other things. So Ella and I, we have uh, kept that close connection for a long time after bringing her on to Motivational Mentors sometime last year. And it's just beautiful to see her doing her thing as a freelance writer, habit coach, building up her YouTube and everything. So Ella, big shout out to you. And guys, today we're going to be talking about changing the face of cinema. Oh my God. You guys already know. As a matter of fact, if I could download that video, it would be amazing. I am absolutely distraught that I'm not able to download that video. But nonetheless, it's about VR and AR. And then there was a guy here in Bangkok from America who linked up with me. And I love it because the post that he shares on his LinkedIn is a lot. It has a lot to do with VR. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys have no idea what I've seen as of late. Imagine this. Imagine being in your living room, putting on a VR, right? One of those uh, helmets, whatever you want to call it, right? Over your eyes and seeing the game in front of you. So this game was very familiar in terms of relating back to, oh my God, the toy, not toy soldiers. Um, What is it? Sarge's Hero Army, Army Soldiers. You know, that game back on the PlayStation 1 about 6 million years ago. Um... This game was literally right in front of your eyes. So you're over here controlling the tank. You're going into your kitchen. You're hiding behind the counter. Guys, this is the future. And yes, we're talking about cinema. But again, this is why I have the potentiality of becoming a billionaire. Because if I'm able to collaborate with some of these people who are just getting into the AR and VR, the iPhone 12 already put in some of these features into the phone and who knows, probably in the next half decade or decade, we're going to have one of those devices that we could put over our eyes, connect it to our iPhone. Again, guys, Ready Player One is right around the corner. If you haven't watched that movie yet, phenomenal, a phenomenal movie because it's, I, I, I truly believe that we're going to be living in a fantasy world coming real soon. These aren't the, the, the dire straits of it, but let's just put it this way. It might be amazing to be a character and live in a world outside of your world that you could you know create an entire new thing with maybe the future of travel is going to be different maybe we don't have to stay in hotels anymore guys this is the beginning so 
with that being said, the changing face of cinema. You guys are going to hear three people speak about it by the name of James, Joanna, and Paul. And then you're going to have a wonderful Ella at the end to give you a rundown of what is going to be said. And then, of course, me giving all those beautiful examples, which I normally do. So before I play this, I'm going to absolutely make sure that I screen share because I was seriously going to play it without screen sharing. And that would have been a disaster amongst disasters because you guys would have sat there for about five minutes saying, what the hell is Arsenio doing? What the hell? What kind of podcast is this? So with that being said, guys, without further ado, man, let's get into this. Technology has far-reaching applications in almost every aspect of life, and the world of cinema is no exception. However, there is some debate about whether it is being used to enhance films or whether it is having a negative impact on the film industry. A. How many times can we see a digitally enhanced character leaping through the air with their spear drawn, ready to descend on an opponent before it becomes a cliché? How many villainous and grotesque monsters can enter our psyches before they cease to hold meaning? Don't get me wrong. I'm as dazzled by computer-generated imagery as the next person, but even the most easily impressed filmgoer must see that the impact of many blockbuster films these days is technological. When we get lost in a good film, we're transported to another time and place. A fantastical film allows us to suspend all judgement about what's plausible, and we all want that kind of escapism. The problem is that if computer-generated effects go too far, they can actually get in the way and we stop believing. The basis of any good film is a story which has the power to move us and teach us something about human nature. But a lot of what we're seeing today is filmmakers putting technology at the forefront of the creative process. Given that computer-generated imagery is here to stay, filmmakers need to find a balance and use CGI to enhance films rather than dominate them. Hmm. B. Okay. I'm at the top of my game. My films have grossed millions at the box office, putting me in the ranks of Hollywood's top stars. But you may not have heard of me, and the chances are you won't recognize my face. That's because my speciality is one of the newest and most unique of computer-generated technologies, performance capture. I provide the voice, the physical movements, and facial expressions of the characters I play, and a computer does the rest. In the hands of master filmmakers, CGI has opened up the possibility of whole worlds that previously only existed in our imaginations. And much like great acting, it does so without ever drawing attention to itself. For filmmakers, it allows them to achieve feats of storytelling previously unattainable. For actors like myself, it allows us to explore characters in a whole new way. Films like Avatar and The Lord of the Rings are testaments to the storytelling magic of CGI. For those who criticize it, you might as well say we should still be watching films in black and white. CGI is the present and future of cinema, and I thank my lucky stars that I'm part of it. C. For those of you who've ever felt starry-eyed about a film star marvelling at their perfect physique or beautiful complexion, think again. The reality is their appearance might well be digitally enhanced. 
Technology is being used to shave years off an actor's age, reshape a performance, or even recast a role after a film's been shot. Until recently, actors were limited to makeup, personal trainers, and plastic surgery to look good. Now they have software. Even an actor's performance can be transformed. Faces are reconstructed to get the right expression, and if lines come out wrong, digital technology can simply morph the mouth to make the lips appear to say a new word. You could argue that Hollywood magic has always been a trick, and this is just another part of that fantasy. But thanks to non-disclosure agreements, audiences are being manipulated in a way that leaves them blissfully unaware. And it's hard for us to feel good about ourselves when we're faced with these paragons of perfection. What makes the difference between a superb film and a mediocre one is the quality of the performance. If we continue down this slippery slope, we might lose the very essence of what makes a film good. Oh, there's a lot of things that I'm going to be speaking about, but before I get into that, we are going to play the wonderful and the wondrous Ella Sophia's little snippet. The cinema has been transforming itself since it began. First came sound, then color, then 3D. Now we're moving into the age of virtual reality cinema. With VR, you don't have to passively watch a film. You can actually feel what it's like to step onto another planet or live in a world taken over by aliens. And whereas in the past you had to imagine what a character was feeling, VR allows you to inhabit the same space and share their emotions. No wonder it's been called an empathy machine. Not everyone is happy about the development though. Traditionally, storytellers lead you on a journey which is predetermined by them. They get their message across by directing where you look and what you see. In virtual reality, you're essentially let loose in a story and allowed to explore it for yourself. This may mean that directors will have to develop new ways of telling stories, but it opens up all sorts of possibilities. Critics of VR also point out that watching films is a social activity, and it will effectively cut viewers off from each other. My answer would be it just changes things. First, you get to be fully immersed in the experiences, and then you can share it with your friends afterwards. Thank you so much, Ella Sophia, for giving me that nice little snippet. She does a very good job with thought groups, guys. So again, with the pronunciation podcast that I've done over the course of two, three seasons, you can hear her intonation, the rhythm, the thought groups, the falling at the end, the rising at the end. She does a very good job at this. And this is why I really wanted to create short stories with the voiceover coach for, uh, from Jordan and include Ella and a few other people in it because it would have been an excellent way of putting a new system into my ESL podcast. Although that, that, uh, that unfortunately fell through, but it's all good. That just gives me more ideas for the future. So Ella, if you guys are interested in what she has going on, her link is in the description. You make sure you click on that link. Go on over there and see that wondrous human being do her amazing thing in terms of developing a lot of habits and learn her story, hear about her story, because it's phenomenal, to say the least. So with that being said, guys, here we go. 
You already know I'm flaming. Now, what the guy said, he said, given that the computer-generated imagery is here to stay, filmmakers need to balance, of course, the use of GI, because if you don't, it's going to dominate the film rather than the performances. Now, I don't know what you guys think about that. It's, it's, it's debatable. Now, CGI, I'm not that type of Avenger. I don't really care so much about the Avengers. Um, but again, CGI does ultimately dominate. So if you look at the top 10 grossing movies of all time, I think all of them, including Avatar being, I think, number two, they're all CGI. So I do believe that humanity has lost its essence of what a, of what a really performance like riveting, like emotionally driven movie is. Because now I love what, oh my God, it's so sad that I forgot his name. Oh my God, and he plays Falcon, but he was in the eighth mile. So I don't know his name because uh, these, with these actors, I'm not one of those people that just memorize different things of, you know, people who I don't know uh, and who I've never met before. Uh, but this guy, he was saying, you know what? The film industry is changing. He said it's even garbage. There was an interview of him being in England. Um, I'm not exactly sure what movie it was for. It had to be for the Avengers. But he said that movies are no longer based on talent and performance is based on the character you play. Let me give you an example. What happened with Chris Hemsworth is that he was somewhat put into a box by his fans because what had happened was he made Thor. He made Thor Ragnarok. He was in the Avengers. But then when he started making these militarized movies, such as the one um, Extraction, which I think that was his best performance of all movies ever. People on YouTube, they say, what's Thor doing here? Thor, 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 Thor. They don't know him based on his performance and by his name. They know him based on the character. I think humanity is losing that essence and they're not able to distinguish between what a real actor is and the BS role that it plays in a superficial world. Now, with Extraction, you would say, well, all movies are superficial. I completely understand that. But I look at Chris Hemsworth from Chris Hemsworth. I don't look at him from Thor. Now, Killamonger, Michael B. Jordan, he made Creed. He ended up being the villain. Obviously, the, the, the antagonist in the movie Black Panther. Rest in peace to my brother Chadwick Bosman, man. Absolutely disheartened by that news. Um, but his, his spirit, his fight... And his, his drive lives on forever because he put that on camera and he was in that movie battling stage three cancer. So big shout out to Chadwick Bosman, man. Love you forever. And your character will live on for generations. Believe me. Um, and so Killamonger, Michael, Michael B. Jordan, I knew him as Michael B. Jordan. But then when he ended up revealing Creed 2, which is the follow-up of Creed 1, a hell of a lot better, Everyone on the, in the YouTube comments, what's Killamonger doing here? What's Killamonger doing here? What's Killamonger doing here? So now, Killamonger and Michael B. Jordan, his fans are no longer, they're, they're putting him into a box that he's only a villain in a movie that he had done in the past. They're not judging him based on what he has done overall as a real actor. It's crazy, right? I want you guys to put those two things together. So that's the first paragraph. The second paragraph, yes, Avatar. 
Lord of the Rings, testaments to true storytelling magic on CGI. I agree. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers was probably one of the most unbelievable movies I've ever seen. Because that CGI, the fighting, the orakai, it was phenomenal beyond belief. But let's not put Avatar and say, oh, it's one of the greatest movies of all time because of CGI and because of what? What was the story behind it? Oh, well, it was, it was a little powerful. No, no, no. You know what powerful is? Denzel Washington's movies. You know what powerful is? Uh, uh, the Great Debaters. Nobody knows about that movie. That movie probably, it hasn't grossed anything, but it's one of the most phenomenal movies of all time. How about Cuba Gooding Jr. and Robert De Niro in Men of Honor? The first African-American Navy diver in the United States Navy. Do you guys know about that? One of the most unbelievable movies of all time. How about the movie Antoine Fisher? Uh, based on a true story. One of the most unbelievable, unbelievable movies of all time. Starring, of course, what is it? The, um, not, the, not the main actor, the supporting actor, Denzel Washington. How about Fences? Denzel Washington, main actor. Well, I would just say, you know, it's a toss-up between him and Viola Davis playing the wife. Again, one of the greatest movies of all time. Those are some of the most powerful performances I've ever seen. Uh, Inception! Leonardo DiCaprio has played significant roles. Um, you know, the supporting actors in that movie. Tom Hardy, okay? Uh, that's the movie I knew, I've, I've known him from, was Inception. But now a lot of people equate him to Venom. So again... CGI, magnificent. Okay, you've made a lot of money, but let's not lose the, effing, the essence of what a real film is. Okay, now Joker, again, would Joker have been big if it wasn't really Joker? Come on, okay, let me say that one more time. Would the movie Joker be big if it wasn't equated to Batman? You see what I mean? So when the Oscars elected Parasite for the number one best picture, I said, because Parasite, that was the best acting I've ever seen in any movie in 32 years I've been on this planet. And the role and the, 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 the allegory and the, the, the personification and all those, that story, it just gives me goosebumps to today. That was the most phenomenal movie. And guess what? It was based on acting. To be honest with you, those actors in that movie, they're better than probably 98% of all Hollywood actors. Um, even Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson is, he's very popular because he was the rock. He built up a brand and he has 200 million Instagram followers, not taking away anything from him. I love that man. But is he, an, is he like an amazing actor? No way. You know what an amazing actor is? Most, uh, most Koreans, okay, most Korean movies, Japanese, man. No, nah, I'm gonna have to put Korean as number one. Because they are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Have you watched the movie Train to Busan? That's the best zombie flick ever. Why? Because the zombies were like true zombies. Now, 28 days later, 28 weeks later, hey, I'll give my props to them. But America has made some very bad zombie movies. They're not very zombie-ish. Dawn of the Dead was the closest thing. Okay, if you watch uh, Netflix, Netflix, Black Summer. Man, those zombies are trash. Those zombies are trash compared to the zombies in, of course, Train to Busan. Those are real zombies.
Those were real zombies. Those are phenomenal actors. So I don't know where I was going with that, okay? I kind of lost my whole train of thought. But when it comes to strong performances, I will give that upper hand, obviously, over the Koreans. And this is why Parasite won over Joker. Because Joker was telling it from a perspective of Batman. A lot of people equated it to Batman. But a lot of people would say, no, that equates to me because I'm an introvert. And that's how I feel, too. I got it. But Korea tells the story of the world. The movie The Parasite tells the story of the world that a lot of people needed to see. That deep understanding, if you got it, you thought about it for at least a week. That's an amazing movie. That's the number one movie of the last year. Absolutely. 1,000%. So, yes, the movie Us. I love Jordan Peele. Another phenomenal movie. But you're not going to beat out the significance of what Parasite has done. And guess what? Welcome. Because most Korean actors are phenomenal to, to begin with. So, I don't know. I mean, this is going to be a foreign takeover. Have you guys watched the Spanish films? Okay, reach out to me on Instagram. I'm going to refer one over to you. Holy God. The Spanish in that movie, Platform. Man, come on. That beats out probably 98% of all American movies of all time. Guys, I'm just telling you, my wonderful Americans out there, Netflix, start looking into the Japanese, the Spanish, and the Korean films, man, because they're going to shock the hell out of you. Don't look at the, the Thai movies because they're a bunch of BS. So, ah! <laughs> Anyways, part C, let's go. What did he say? Um, okay, a superb film, mediocre one. I'm going to hurry up and sum that paragraph up real quick. Let me give you an example. Two movies, Interstellar and Martian. Now, I'm not taking away anything from the movie The Martian, okay? I think it was perfectly put out. The CGI, all of that was amazing. But it wasn't serious whatsoever. There was no emotion behind it. This guy was happy trapped on a planet by himself. You're telling me he's going to be rocking out to bullshit jazz music? Really? Really? I think they completely destroyed the movie based on the soundtrack. So you're telling me you ended up survivor, surviving a shitstorm, excuse my French. Your, your whole crew took back off to America. And here you are like, oh, I got to find a way to grow vegetables. Okay, I'm going to make it through this. Let me dance. I'm going to take this rover. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. That is ridiculous. Because what? The soundtrack was pure garbage. There's no, there's no emotion in that movie. You know what a really, really a phenomenal movie that no one really wants to talk about? Ryan Reynolds in the movie Life. Life, the alien, that little thing that makes its way and it just ends up developing and falls into the, I think, uh, Haruma Bay in Vietnam and the next thing you know, it begins to take over. That movie scared the hell out of me in so many ways that I looked at my friend after the movie, Elisa, and I said, Elisa, I think it's good that aliens don't come because this, so I, I really have a bad feeling about all this too. She's like, me too. Woohoo! Hey, that movie right there, Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, I think it's on... um. I think it's on uh, Netflix. Go check that out. Or just go check out some of the scenes on YouTube if you can. Oh, my God. That gives me goosebumps. Um, now, let's get back into Interstellar. Interstellar was phenomenal. Why? Because you have one of the greatest composers in music of all time, Hans Zimmer. 
the producer went up to Hans Zimmer and said, hey, Hans Zimmer, make, uh, make, compose music, create music based on how you feel in the relationship between you and your son. He came up with one of the greatest songs of the last decade, one of the greatest instrumentals of possibly all time that you hear in all these motivational videos over the last probably five years. Phenomenal. Guys, this is a story about a man who had to save humanity and had to leave his child behind. He was trying to communicate across and the next thing you know, the, the older son ended up dying and this happened, that happened. Um, you know, there was a lot of judgment calls on the trip. They needed to hurry up and find life. Matt Damon, of course, in the movie The Martian, he was there. Uh, he ended up getting killed by, of course, uh, Matthew McConaughey, who played the role of the, uh, the, the protagonist. And unfortunately, the woman, uh, I forgot her name in reality uh, and in the movie, but she's, of course, the, it was the crew of three people that were alongside one another. Um, she ended up going to a planet that was habitual, that could harvest life. And, oh, and there we go, Matthew McConaughey, he ended up shooting back through some kind of time warp. It's really confusing, but if you understand what all those super crazy technical uh, 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 astronomical terms are, you'll understand it. Um, but he ended up on a, a moon, a moon or a space station, a moon, a space station, something crazy. And he ended up seeing his daughter again. Oh. And he's like, is she still alive? The doctor nodded his head, said she'll be here in two weeks. And he saw his daughter, his daughter, of course, older than him, because again, he was only gone for X amount of days, but while he was gone, it's kind of like the, the horrible movie that's on Netflix right now. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, Time Trap. They did the work. They they got the most brilliant idea ever and completely butchered the movie with some of the worst acting I've ever seen. <laughs> hey, time trap, y'all stink, man. Y'all got the best idea and you butchered the hell out of it. Lord, you did a terrible job with that. Anyways, Interstellar is one of the is one of the best space exploration films ever. And then there's VR and what Ella was talking about. VR is going to change the way we do everything, guys, to be honest with you. Um, you know, a lot of people don't understand, like from an educational standpoint, you know, how powerful this is going to be. No one's talking about it right now because they think it's like more long term. But that's what you want to do. That's what you want to think about. Brendan Bruchard. OK, if you guys don't know about them, High Performance Habits, that's a book, audiobook. If you want to listen to an audiobook and start developing your mind in a personal development type of way, he said, how can you stay relevant and think ahead 10 years from now? So if you say Arsenia with your podcast, how do you want it to be 10 years from now? Well, to be honest with you, I want all English language learning and everything I have in my head in the VR. I want you to put that on and I want you to have a native English speaker right there speaking to you. I want you to be able to pick up a book and in America and start reading it. Like I want virtual libraries. The things that I have in my mind, I need to put in the VR system and on. yes, I can become the next ready player one, 1000%. But it's all gonna take just a little bit of time. So I'm very, very excited about this. And again, big shout out to Ella again. This was a very long podcast. Um, but man, exciting times are ahead, guys. And this is why I tell you guys to double down on some of these skills and start learning things and become more of an asset. 
in society english with specific purposes which you're going to be hearing in season six which will be kicking off the business english podcast this is going to be the big pivotal moment the whole turning moment for all of you so with that being said thank you so much for tuning into another esl podcast and if you guys got any questions man reach out to me tag me instagram the arsenio buck perspective it should have changed its name by now um, and tell me what your best episode is, or just tell me what you liked a lot about this episode. Again, if you're interested in online classes, those are going to be coming soon. Make sure you fill out some surveys that I have available on my website. Um, and then I'll start reaching out to you guys. If you guys are interested in online coaching or whatever, again, these are available. So just reach out to me and stay tuned for the next one over and out.